Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourself, our family, and others. Our last discussion, we touched on a nuclear explosion. And that makes me think of Albert Einstein, who said, I don't know what World War III will be fought with, but World War IV will be fought with rocks and sticks. Well, that's interesting. Who knows what will happen and if any such thing will occur. But we know that mankind and on this earth has a history of wars. So back to the primitive situation, it makes me think of Ishi. Ishi, the last naturally surviving traditional American Indian in California. He had a trauma in his life when his mother and his sister had quite recently died. This was back in the early 20th century. He then collided with railroad men and he came to know the European culture in San Francisco where he lived and after about 20 years he died there. So my point is that for any lone survivalist type out there, Ishii did not want to live alone. And after his family died from natural causes, he just lost a certain vigor in his life. He didn't seem to have the same energy to, for instance, grind the acorns for his food, even though he was in the late summer when he was um, interacting with civilization, and he was hungry. He was hungry and he was depressed, and it wasn't hunger so much that drove him out, maybe, maybe, than, dep- than having the depression of having the people he loved die. But I want you to know that what would we do if we were in that state of just primitiveness of, well, at that point of the year, a typical food for Ishi would have been acorn flour. And if you are a, quote, survivalist, well, you'll want to know how to make acorn flour. <laughs> and I invite you to do so. So this is what I want to tell you about acorn flour. You can make mush with it or you can make bread with it. So it has to be when the acorns are ripe that you harvest them in the late summer. And after you harvest, you get them all gathered, you shell them, and you leave them in a basket in the stream for three or four days and let the water run through them. Another alternative to this is you can place your acorns in a jar and then you change your water daily in that jar for about a week. And this gets the bitterness out of the acorns. You definitely need to do that. <laughs> They're pretty bitter. And after, after you have uh, got, got the water to go through the acorns, then you dry them in an oven or in the sun. If it is in an oven, you have to keep the temperature under 150 degrees because you need to keep the starches stable and consistent. After that, you grind them, and then you eat them in bread or porridge. So you might also gather berries at that time because they would be ripe in the fall. So this kind of a lifestyle is not easy. So save yourself the effort and store your food now while it is plentiful. Worldwide, historically, people groups have been killed or died by starvation. And you don't want to starve. The old Russian leader Stalin said, if a hundred people die, it's a tragedy. If a million people die, it's a statistic. So you just... Remember to get some food 
Start your preparations now before there's an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. Remember to give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Settle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome world to Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Another PAC program. Uh, this has just gotten crazy here lately. I, there is so much that I feel like needs to be said, and everything is a preparation for the next program, and today is that as well. I wanted to cover how do you know when you must disobey civil authority, and I'm going to have to put it off. I'm sorry, one more week because everything today is yet preparation for that. Um, there, uh, I, I'm not trying to cover everything that I used to cover, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, as far as from things of importance. In fact, things from eight, nine years ago, that would have been my lead stories and things to, that needed to be discussed. Uh, they barely make the, they don't even make the cut these days because that's the speed with which things are changing. And in many parts of the world, particularly the United States, things are declining. But there's preparation for each one of these uh, programs, and this program now becomes uh, further preparation for what I believe and fully anticipate will be next week's program as it relates to how do we know when we must disobey civil authorities. But the things you're going to hear today apply worldwide in every state, every city, every country of the world. The principles are the same. Those things that you must do, those things which you need to be uh, recognizing that may be coming your way, whether you are in the middle of the United States and fearing the the ooze of evil coming from the East Coast and the West Coast, or whether you're sitting in, uh, living in, who knows, um, Ireland or, or Thailand or wherever, where things are not necessarily drastically different. You have everywhere God has people that are forces of light that are being attacked uh, by forces of evil. Fortunately, and praise God to his glory, the fact that the forces of light, which are the forces of truth, will win out. It may not seem that way every time, but in the end, we do win. So let's get rolling here today. We got, I, as I say, start with good news. Uh, try to end with good news in between. You just have to hang on for everything that comes from this program. But this is a, a piece which I may not share a lot of support with this listening audience. I don't know. But I am actually very pleased with our president pulling troops out of Syria and pulling down and out some forces in Afghanistan 
and other places. I think it should not only be done, I think it needs to be accelerated. Pulling troops back out of Europe. Um, we, I don't know that we need to have troops in Japan. Donald Trump was correct, absolutely correct during the campaign when he said other countries need to pay their fair share for their own protection. We cannot be the policemen of the world. We cannot be the protector of everyone. We cannot be engaged in everybody else's battle. There are battles to engage in. There's no shortage of things for which uh, U.S. interests would need to be represented overseas. I, I fully get that. But we don't need to fight every battle. The thing is, there's a biblical passage from the Proverbs that, is, that applies to foreign involvement. And, I, and you got a pen and pencil, pen or pencil, paper, write this down. Because I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think to go get the citation for this, but it's the man who meddles in an affair that is not his own is like one who picks up a dog by the ears. A man who meddles, in other words, is, gets inter, gets involved in something that's really not his business, is like one who picks up a dog by the ears. So what happens when you pick up a dog by the ears? The dog is ticked off. The dog is angry. The dog wants to bite every limb on your body. The dog wants to go for your jugular vein, but he can't. I mean, he first of all, the dog is angry because you're holding him by the ears. It hurts. So the dog is mad at you. The dog is angry. But now you're stuck. This is exactly what this proverb is speaking to because you, if you let the dog down, he goes for your ankle. He bites the daylights out of you. The dog sends you to the hospital. So to avoid being hurt, you have to continue to hold the dog by the ears, which only continues to aggravate the dog even more. So listen, folks, this is what happens when we meddle in affairs that are not our business. We end up having a dog by the ears. We get involved in these situations. If we stay there, in other words, we continue to hold the dog by the ears. If we stay, we anger people. We have soldiers that are killed. We have extensive expense for this country. But then when we leave, we have given the enemy the opportunity to attack us. We have met, we, and the thing is, you've got to let the dog down and get out of there. There are fights to fight, but not every fight is our fight. Yeah, Europe should be paying for more for their own security. And if they don't hold up, that's largely their issue. It is, I'm not an isolationist. I'm not saying we could just go live in our little corner of the world, but it is time that we bring troops home and protect our borders. Our, our borders are more important to me than the borders of other countries. Our border along Mexico is in protecting us from an invasion of all sorts of whack jobs coming across the, the border that want to, to bury this country. That's far more important than to me than protecting Europe. I mean, I want Europe protected, but Europeans need to protect Europe. You can't sit there in a house and leave your doors unlocked and expect somebody else to provide all your personal security. You can't just uh, not pay your own share for your own security, buy your own locks, buy your own security system, whatever you need to be protected. You just can't say, oh, well, the police will do it. They owe me. Somebody else owes me security. Uh-uh, I don't think so. Well, all right, I've gone far enough with this, but I applaud the president for bringing them home. Now, does that mean that we have had troops die in vain? I don't know. Was it wise to go over to other parts of the country over the last 20 years, uh, I mean, of the world, uh, and where we have had excessive expenditures and lost a lot of life? 
Has it accomplished some things? I assume that it has, but we can't stay everywhere forever. We can't do that. And they need to come home. And people might say, well, we have sacrificed those lives in vain. Well, I will say this. I trust that that's not the case. But the only thing worse than having sacrificed lives in vain overseas would be to continue to sacrifice lives overseas in vain. Look, I'm a believer that when you are attacked, you you respond with full force, full fury. You bring down terror and rain fire on the enemy. You don't go into a fight to come to a draw. If somebody attacks you, you bury them. You use unequal force, that's right, to make sure the enemy is snuffed out. I'm all for that, and there are places and times where that is and has been necessary, and I'm not going all the way back to World War II. Don't get me wrong. Did we have people die in vain, frankly, in Vietnam? Yes, we all know we did. We fought a war that wasn't ours. We do not need to meddle in affairs that are not our own, for we will have picked up a dog by the ears, and we're sort of in that expression that people use, damned if you do, damned if you don't. We have put ourselves in that position. So God bless you, Mr. Trump, for going against uh, all the Democrats that are running around like rats without any population control. You've got uh, Republicans that have a hard time knowing whether they have any cojones. And you've got people like Mitt Romney, who is the ultimate empty suit on the Republican side, who take down our president. I pray for our president. Is he the most popular guy? Of course not. He doesn't have some of the public social graces everybody wants. But I'd rather have somebody speak truth, speak rightness, and speak correctness, say the tough things, than some some yin-yang, silver-tongued Barack Obama who supposedly has charisma and leads us down the path to hell. Okay, more good news. The church called the Ramp Church in Fort Worth, Texas. The uh, pastor there, uh, Evan Risher, or Reicher, I think it's Risher. They're having a New Year's Eve service. Bullet came into the church, missed him by, missed the pastor by about two feet, and it happened to come down, came through the ceiling. They still can't figure out how this happened. But if you just shot a bullet up in the air, straight up, and it came straight down, it's not going to come down with anything more than the force of gravity. It's not going to come down with the force of a bullet ejecting from the barrel of a gun coming out. The, it's not the muzzle speed that it would come through a roof. It would go up, it would run out of force, and then it would fall back to earth by the force of gravity. So it could not have just been a bullet that went up because it could never come through a roof. Somebody shot through the roof of this church, and the direction that this pastor was going as he was speaking was in the direction of where the bullet came down, and he found it there. He just he picked it up. He heard it, and then it hit, and he picked it up. Why is this good news? Number one, he didn't get hit. Number two, it speaks to God's protection when you are doing God's work. All right? You do God's work. You don't have to worry about those. Yeah, you don't get stupid. You do your part to protect yourself, and you use all judicious wisdom that you should. But you don't have to worry about everything because God has your backside. As it says in Isaiah, the glory of God covers your back. You know the Ephesians uh, reference to the armor in Ephesians 6. There's one thing that's not referenced in that passage of Scripture. The back covers the head, covers the feet, covers your loins, covers your chest. But there's no reference to the back. And and why? Because you can't cover everything. We don't have eyes in the back of our head. So God says we'll cover our backside by putting up a, a shield of glory behind us so that those who would attack us from the rear are blinded. Love that, because we got to have that kind of protection. Number three, the third thing I love, is that most churches in the United States, becoming increasingly cowardly, would have headed, headed to the exits, would have fled. They didn't in Fort Worth, Texas. 
at the Ramp Church. No, they erupted in praise to God for his protection, for his providential force field that he put around his people. Just reminds me of reading again this morning about the Battle of Trenton and the Battle of Princeton, where George Washington people were covering their eyes and covering their face because they couldn't stand to see George Washington get shot as he ran out to lead his troops against the British. His troops were in retreat. He told them to halt, to turn around, and he led the charge back towards the British. So from a distance of 30 yards, George Washington is between the British forces firing at him and his own forces firing from behind him. The account from people state that his horse was petrified. Even his horse knew the danger. But there was this providential protection for one man to stand out from among many and to lead a charge, and in so doing, he turned the American forces around by his inspiration, his courage, and his leadership, and the British were roundly and soundly defeated in the Battle of Princeton, a battle critical in the turning of the fortunes of the U.S. in our War of Independence. Folks, this is why I care so much about this country. You don't have people pay these prices and go through this to establish a country to have a bunch of yin-yang Democrats who hate God, who hate Jesus, are bibliophobic, they're Christophobic, they're Elohimophobic, they're El Shaddaiophobic, they're afraid of and hate anything relating to God to bury this country. But, as I've said before, we have done it ourselves, as you will hear a little bit more of this program as we prepare, actually, for next week. But just because we're preparing for next week, don't think this program is unimportant. It may well be one of the most important programs you've ever heard. Okay, we know I don't want to spend much time on this because I'm already short, running short on time. But more and more states like the stupid state of California. Sorry, I just can't speak a blessing over that state when it is so purposefully evil. And now they are um, attempting to run all gun manufacturers and gun retailers out of the state through zoning laws and passing laws that require gun manufacturers to do the virtual impossibility, to do the impossible. They want manufacturers, in order to be able to sell guns in the state, to equip and modify guns in ways that are technically not possible. Nobody's been able to do it, whether it's micro-stamping or some of these other things. And there's good news here is the case against the stupid state of California has risen all the way to the Supreme Court. And this is how important having a good president is, having put on Neil Gorsuch and and Brett Kavanaugh to override the losers that Obama appointed. And they're all everybody Obama appointed is a loser. Everybody Trump has appointed is a winner. The People that, uh, well, you know, I won't go back to Bush because Bush appointed John Roberts, and John Roberts has turned out to be an enormous disappointment. What a sad state and sorry fake justice we've ended up with here. However, I am thrilled that this has made it to the high court of this country because as this one writer states, uh, I think it's, uh, who is it here? Gosh, I don't know. I'm, I'm quoting somebody from World Not Daily. I can't find the name. So the, right, the plaintiffs contend in their petition for the high court review is that the state is achieving a handgun ban because uh, the manufacturers cannot meet the impossible requirements. The technology is not offered by any handgun manufacturer because it cannot be practically implemented. This is what they state. And because the Second Amendment is the cornerstone of the Bill of Rights in the United States is why this is so critical. I have said this before, but we have thousands of new listeners, thousands, and I and I, I must say it again. You can take the First Amendment, the right to free speech, the right to freedom of religion, the freedom of the press, freedom of assembly. All of those things are utterly and totally and completely worthless 
without the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, how do you make sure that right is enforced? If you do not have the right to resist with force the usurpation and the trump, the trampling of those rights by the left, how do you have a right against unreasonable searches and seizures? Let's suppose that the police, run by Democrats, as the police departments are in the worst cities of this country, suppose they no longer needed a search warrant. they just come at 3 a.m. and kick your door down. If you did not have the ability to re- defend yourself, you, would, you simply get arrested and get hauled off. What's your defense against a run, unreasonable search and seizure when you have already been unreasonably searched and unreasonably seized? A firearm prevents or at least deters that abuse of the U.S. Constitution. No other amendment does that. It is the cornerstone of our rights, and without it, we are truly and totally toast as a country, and we just become like every other country where the government rules by force, where the government actually, who kills more innocent people? Not people making handguns in the United States. Governments kill more innocent people than anywhere Round up the tens and hundreds of millions of people killed by their own governments who are innocent in the name of regime control, regime maintenance. That's where we're headed in this country if we lose this right. And frankly, before we get to that stage, I truly hope we're in a civil war. Because if it takes a civil war to defend that right, then that's a civil war worth having. Okay, I realize this is not a real popular subject, right? No, it's not. But, uh, well, we got to go. I got to keep moving along here. All right. We spoke, what was it, December 1st. In fact, for those of you who have access to the podcast, which I I would assume would be everybody, on darkskyradio.com, you can get to the Red Sky Radio podcast uh, you can uh, you won't be able to hear it on iTunes, although we are on iTunes now. Praise God, Hallelujah! It's a big factor in the tremendous growth of this radio program. But on December first, I did a program dealing with borders and what the Bible says about immigration and borders. And it is incredibly important that everybody hear that program. It would be the cornerstone of your teaching as to what is right about the maintenance of our borders. What is biblical? It says in the Bible, God has assigned to every nation their border. He has created that. The border of Iraq and Iran is created by God. Those borders are actually sacrosanct, meaning they're sort of holy for every country unless God directs somebody to do something contrary, but it better be under his direction. Otherwise, those borders are important. When the Hebrews left Egypt on the way back to Canaan, Moses asked that various leaders along the way of their particular domains, their particular kingdoms as they crossed the Sinai, could we just pass through? We're not going to take your land. We're not, we will pay for our food. We will pay for our water. We will not leave anything behind. Uh, any of our, you know, we'll bury our you know what on the way through. We will not leave a trace. Just let us pass through. And on multiple occasions, those leaders of those other kingdoms and regions and uh, just little kind of nation states, city states almost, they said no. And God said, okay, leave them alone. You honor their border. Are they unreasonable? Yes. Are they unfair? Yes. Will they pay for it later? Yes. But you honor their border now. And Israel was not allowed to pass through those regions. They had to go around, as inconvenient as it was. So get that program on borders. So that leads to this next story. This is, I I tell you, I have, I grieve when I see and hear about police officers being shot, because police officers being shot and killed are rarely ever justified in this country. Why? Because we have a Second Amendment. We do have a Second Amendment to protect us when they uh, when they act improperly, but they don't. So they follow the law and get search warrants. But when this native uh, Indian officer um, 
Ron, Ronil, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. We have a lot of listeners in India. You can tell me if how, how to pronounce the name. Ranil, Ranil, R-O-N-I-L Singh, S-I-N-G-H, which I know is a common name uh, for, in India, for Indians in this country. It's a very common name. But he was shot and killed by an illegal alien who's got a gun, California. Look, California is all about taking away guns from legals, but they couldn't give a rat's rear end about disarming illegals. So you got this guy who's been deported how many times, moves back and forth across the border, and he kills this officer. And I saw the video of Ranil Singh's brother weeping during the press conference, and I, 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 it was all I could do to not break down. I was saddened. I was struck through my heart by the avoidability of this thing and seeing Mr. Singh's brother just shaken to the core. Here's my proposition. California enabled Gustavo Perez Arriaga to cross the border a gazillion times, get drunk on his butt, get a gun illegally, and go around shooting people. And now we have seven of his illegal chumrads who tried to cover for him to get back out of this country, back to Mexico, where he apparently could get more tequila and more ammo. I don't know, because he can just sneak it back in, right? Here's my proposal. I think we need to go right down the line whether it's the stupid Governor Gavin Gruesome, Jerry Brown, Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Baby Schumer, the entire Democratic delegation in Sacramento, uh, let's throw in Kamala Harris and the, all of the Democratic yin-yangs and uh, indict and uh, arrest, indict each and every one of them for aiding and abetting the murder of Ranil Singh, because by their their ali ali oxen all in free policy, of everybody gets to come here. We are not going to help ICE track down people. We're prohibited by law. You see, these are the these are the nut jobs in California who passed the laws that prevented the sheriff's department for repeating for reporting individuals like Gustavo Perez Arriaga to the authorities and enabled him to go do what he wants, get drunk, chuck down all the tequila he wants, gets out the gun and shoots an officer and kills him and and just brings horrific, horrific uh, grief to this family. Every single one of these Democrats need to be indicted. They need to be in jail. And I couldn't care less if they got the death penalty because they facilitated and aided and abetted in the death of this police officer and the death of a lot of innocent people in the state of California. They are responsible. They need to answer to God. Like like Vladimir Putin said, and I think it's a great quote, it's, it's, up, to, it's up to God to judge the terrorists, but it's up to me to bring them to him. I get it. It needs to be applied here. They should not just be voted out. They need to have their stinking rear ends in the Huskow, up the river, the big house, known for all of you listening in foreign countries who do not know these American terms. It means prison. And if there's a death row, so be it. They've caused death. They deserve death. Guess that's all I got to say on that topic right now. Don't go away. A lot more here on Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. 
Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. We are back. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. You know, I have one thing I need to append to that story before the break. I think it would be a fabulous law throughout the United States. Let's pass it on a federal level because it deals with interstate commerce, right? That anybody, any illegal alien who crosses a border into the U.S. and then, a bo- and then has been in any other state because that's how you get jurisdiction, if the if there is a failure to have reported that person to ICE, a failure to report that when the police could have and have known about the need to do so, but they are prevented by the sanctuary city laws of that particular state, every single person who supported the sanctuary state law at the political level and voted for it bears criminal indictment. I don't care whether you are in uh, these these losers are in wherever Minneapolis, St. Louis, Detroit, Seattle doesn't matter. Those who those who pass laws that knowingly lead to the death of innocent individuals in this country get to not just bear the political shame, but the criminal result of their abhorrent and immoral behavior, just like. Regular folks, we bear the result of our actions. Why shouldn't they? Okay, and continuing our lead up to next week's program. Gosh, I got folks. I, I've been on here a half an hour. I got an hour and a half of material left. I only have twenty six minutes. I got to move through this quickly. It seems like I keep coming back to this abortion issue and. Um, and and part of it is because there are fewer and fewer holdouts. I grieved in my heart. I mentioned this before when Ireland what dumped uh, what was it called uh, Article Eight or Amendment Eight? I can't whatever it was that um, that protected the life of the innocent unborn, which means just the unborn because all the unborn are innocent in the womb. And I thought, oh no, another one fell. This means this is. Uh, this is the beginning of the end for uh, for Ireland, as you know it. But you need to rise up. In fact, I've got a piece of encouragement for individuals in other countries listening to this program, including Ireland, of course, when we get to the end of the program. But now abortion worldwide, worldwide in 2018 is the leading cause of death. The leading cause of death. It's the leading cause of death in the United States. So the, the morons in California keep getting off on uh, about gun control, but they also then lead the country in the execution of innocent unborn. So let me get this straight. You're, you deprive innocent people of protecting their own life, but you're okay with the execution of, of the innocent unborn. Now I want to share something here. This is a this is a hypocrisy of the left, but it's also a lack of intelligent powers. That's uh, a defect, an intellectual defect of the left. They will say to me, "You're a hypocrite. You support the execution of criminals, but you don't support the right to abort your children. You say you're pro-life." But you won't support the the life of 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 somebody on death row. How can that be pro life? But you only want to protect the children. That's hypocritical. No, it is not. And here it is not. The inconsistency is not on my part. 
the inconsistency and the lack of connecting any intellectual dots lies on the left. Because let me ask you, what is what is more inconsistent here? Killing those who are innocent, the children in the womb, but protecting the lives of those who are guilty? That's the left. Here's my position. No, is it inconsistent to deal with proper executions for the legitimate crimes with a number of, of uh, a legitimate crime that calls for execution? And there are those biblically that call for execution. I'm a big fan of capital punishment when properly applied. Biblically, it calls for at least two witnesses. Can't execute somebody for less than two witnesses. But when you fulfill the requirement of the crime and the witnesses, what could be more consistent than the execution of guilty people and the protection of innocent? Unlike the left, which is fine killing the innocent, but wanting to protect the guilty. Inconsistency is not on my side, folks. The intellectual dots cannot be lined up on the other side. But the left is frequently incoherent, like Nancy Pelosi, who really cannot form one coherent sentence. She is the moron of morons, but that's her problem. And I'm glad she's leading the Democrat Party. I, would, I, 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 I am fine with somebody who is such a complete baboon being the face of the Democrat Party in the United States. But abortion, the leading cause of death in the world, 41 million. Now, let's compare this a bit. Uh, do we do anything in the, this country to stop abortion? No, we had Barack Hussein Obama, who went, all, went around the world. He was supportive of, uh, of, of Ireland being able to kill its innocent unborn. He wanted them to, in the Congo and Kenya to be able to kill their innocent unborn. He's pushed death of the innocent wherever he's gone. But he's a fundamentally immoral man. But he's all for, as are most Democrats, for supporting more for breast cancer. Now, folks, I'm not for breast cancer. Don't get me wrong. But 8.2 million people died from all cancers, all cancers, breast cancer being a fraction of all cancers. So you have a relatively minuscule number of people dying from breast cancer. How about 5 million dying from smoking? I'm not thrilled about that, but that's five million who, uh, for people who've done it to themselves, compared to 41 million who had no part to play in their own death. How about the 1.7 million for AIDS? You got people committing sodomy here and there, spreading AIDS and doing all sorts of things which are abominable, detestable, which God calls an abomination, and reaping in their bodies, as it says in Romans 1, the consequences or the result of their own behavior. Am I glad people are dying of AIDS? No, I'm not. But we spend gazillions on AIDS, which kills a relatively small fraction of people because we're intent on making sodomy a good and honorable and legal thing in the United States. States and around the world, as Obama pushed his queer agenda, also wherever he went, we're intent on that, pushing the queerdom that that results and and all the super funding for AIDS for 1.7 million people worldwide. But we're okay with a slaughter of 41.5 million innocent children in the womb. Should God judge us? Gosh, you bet he should. Why wouldn't he? But I want to tell you something. This is, we're still leading up to next week's program. This is what, a, what abortion does. It only advances a culture of death. That's right. It's a culture of death. And, and, and you think it stops there. It doesn't. You know, it leads to you know, physician-assisted suicide and all of those kinds of things that uh, you think, well, this is the end of it. It's not the end of it. Because listen to this. In the state of Washington, which has been given over to left-wing demoniacs, in the state of Washington, there is a bill that is proposed uh, in the legislature now. I don't know whether it's going to pass, but the governor supports it, and the state's run by Democrats, so I don't know why they wouldn't pay it, pay, pass something fundamentally as gross and immoral as this which would go into effect in uh, May, I think, of next year, uh, 
where you will be able to compost humans. That's right. You'll be able to compost humans. They can end up in your yard. I mean, this takes... This, this makes the old thing about the the uh, the Indian, meaning Native American here, um, idea of taking a fish and planting it under your corn to fertilize your corn. Something uh, Squano uh, taught the pilgrims, right, back at uh, Plymouth Rock, long time ago. So the leftists, they're concerned about humans leaching toxic chemicals into the ground when they die. I'm not kidding. You think there's a limit to stupidity? No. When you're on the dark side and the eye of your light has been darkened, you don't have spiritual light. There is no degree of depravity nor stupidity that can, be, can limit that person. You don't want to be cremated because of the impact on global warming? We covered that story about a year ago. The push in certain states to, to limit cremation or do it under certain circumstances because of its contribution to global warming. Look, folks, the only thing that has been warmed in the case of cremation is the guy or the gal who's been burned. That's the only warming. Th- those guys have been warmed up rather fast and rather complete, but it doesn't lead to so the Washington State residents are now given the opportunity to vote on human called recomposting. It's not just returning dust to dust. This person who's pushing it said that um, that within one month, one month, the human body could produce about a cubic yard of compost that can be grown or used to grow new plants. Now, this, this is sort of a twist on that old expression that we use here in the United States about grandma pushing up daisies. We, we, we would say that because somebody, we, that was just the way that we would talk about somebody who's dead and has been buried. Well, what's, she do, what's grandma doing today? Oh, she's pushing up daisies. It just simply means she's buried. But they're bringing that expression of death to life, to, to using this thing. So... They said that in the research, the recomposition of human remains uh, appears to be safe. Now, they say this is not for everyone because some human remains uh, have pathogens like bacteria that cause anthrax are known to survive composting in animals, so we consider recomposition safety standards necessary because of the certain illnesses. Well, I can guarantee you one thing, folks. I can guarantee you that if there are certain people that can't be recomposted because of certain pathogens, they will have some LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ protection that would not allow people to not compost compost if the person died of AIDS because there will be a stigma even in death, which we think is unfair to the people who sodomize their way all the way to death. That's, that's where that will go. We know that. I mean, you've got to report... In some states, you have to reveal if somebody died in the house or something, but not if they were queer and they were sodomizing some people and then died of AIDS. Not, in other words, if they indirectly committed suicide. No, we don't want to stigmatize that house because you had people committing abominable actions in that home. No, we don't. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. And to a disgrace of the Roman Catholic Church. Sorry, folks, this is just these guys are off. Now, the, the early version of the bill received opposition from the Roman Catholic Church. And you would think that the opposition would be morally based. And you would think, and you would initially say, oh, okay, uh, good, at least somebody's standing up. But the lobbyists for the Washington State Catholic Conference said that the church was only concerned, their only concern about composting humans and using them for fertilizer was of the risk that the dissolved human remains would drain into the sewers. So Grandma wouldn't be pushing up daisies. She would be feeding the salmon that are out in Puget Sound as they pick up the uh, human fertilizer 
that might make it to the sewers, that make it to Puget Sound, that make it to the Pacific Ocean, and now Grandma's pushing up salmon. And apparently to them, uh, it might be necessary if you do this, if you take the risk of burying people and recomposting them with, uh, with pathogens and diseases in their body, um, I, I can see it now. There'll be a law that they'll pass that you'll have to use a hazmat suit when you're recomposting grandma. Gosh, you know what? I just you think I you think I'm making this stuff up? I, I I'm not. You couldn't make this stuff up. Oh man, alive! I just I cannot believe where the time has gone. I'm going to finish with one more story, frankly related to the abortion issue. And that is this program, a kid's program, where this woman who is all about having the right to execute innocent unborn children has a child's program. Uh, oh, gee, what a surprise. It, it's, it's in Seattle, the same state that wants to uh, re- compost humans. So she has her program called Hi-Ho Kids, or it's an episode, Hi-Ho Kids, called Kids Meet. She's the founder of an organization called Shout Your Abortion. She's loud and she's proud about killing innocent unborn children. On the program, she has kids, two, seven, eight years old on there, asking them questions about abortion. In other words, this loser for the Seattle-based Hi-Ho Kids program has to go and corrupt the minds and steer the thoughts of little children to help her feel better about her sin. Because she's not going to get that support from people like me. So she has to go and co-opt the minds of kids, six, seven, and eight years old, have to help her feel better about murder. That is. It is murder. So what does she say? She has so she has the program, Amelia Bono or Bono, B-O-N-O-W. So she's fielding questions from children of various ages uh, when she participated in this episode of Kids Meet. Now, trust me, there would be no pro-life questions from these kids. It will look like and did look like a Hillary Clinton press conference. There are all the questions are planted because she cannot have uh, anybody shine the flashlight under her stinking refrigerator, and we see the termites and the vermin and the cockroaches that sit underneath, uh, metaphorically speaking, the refrigerators of the Democrats. So in this episode, a child talking with Bono in a one-on-one setting uh, that tells her that he wrote a paper on abortion in the fifth grade. Ten years old, which he concluded that abortion was acceptable as long as the person getting the abortion was not being reckless. Now, Bono loved this. You're just not being reckless in the abortion. Folks, you're killing innocent, unborn human life. And is there a non-reckless way to commit murder? This is sort of like saying, wait a second, it's okay that you drive drunk, that you're absolutely hammered out of your skull, as long as you don't drive recklessly. Folks, being drunk and driving is reckless. Executing innocent unborn children is reckless. I mean, I don't know. Is is Washington uh, trying to outpace California for being on the cutting edge, no pun intended, of the death culture? Sounds like it to me, but it doesn't. It doesn't stop there. They just they continue on. Um, like this, Bono said, "I feel like I, if I have to have a baby, I am forced to create. If I'm forced to create life, I have lost the right to my own life." Wait a second, Bono, you Nimrod, you don't die when you give birth. You haven't lost your life, and nobody forced you to get knocked up. Hey, you didn't get pregnant because somebody forced you to. She says, I should be able to decide if my body creates a life. Hey, yeah, you should. But once the life is created, you lost that right because it's no longer your body, Amelia. 
No, it is not. Go pull a hair out of your head. Go pull a hair off your off your legs. Go take a slice of your flesh. Take a blood sample. See if the DNA of all your precious body parts, Amelia, match. Because if they don't, you belong in the circus. You're a freak show if the body parts don't have DNA matching samples. But guess what? The life that you feel like you were forced to create because you slept around and you didn't use birth control, what have you, that you have created, that you've created, you didn't create it. You read the Bible, God created it. There's no question about it. But who's, what, the, what does that DNA look like? Does the DNA of the child match your body hair, your skin, your blood, your saliva? No, 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 Amelia. You aren't that smart. Connect the dots, sweetheart. You do not have the same DNA as your child. Ergo, it is not your body. She said, when you go to the doctor, they, she was just telling, oh, this, she, she, she uh, ponies up this question from a little kid to ask, uh, how, what, is it, what do you do when you have an abortion? This was a plant. This is a softball on her TV program. She says, quote, you go to the doctor and they put this little straw inside of your cervix and inside of your uterus, they just suck the pregnancy out. It's like going to the dentist. No, wait a second. She said, you, you, you suck the pregnancy out. Pregnancy is a state of being. Pregnancy is not a thing. Pregnancy is not a body. It's a state or it's a condition of being pregnant. You don't suck a pregnancy out, Amelia. What she didn't have the guts to do is to tell the kid, no, uh, later term abortions, they actually suck the brains out and they suck the body parts out. She didn't have the right. She didn't have the guts to tell it because she needs these little kids. Not only does she sin, but she keeps and facilitates the sin of the younger ones. Amelia, there's a millstone unless you give your heart to Jesus. There's a millstone out there ready to be tied around your neck. Jesus said better to be cast into the sea with a millstone tied around your neck than to lead one of these little ones astray. Amelia, you have better change. You better let God change your heart or you have a horrific conclusion to the end of your life and a horrific eternity. She went on to say and criticize the pro-life effort, implied that the only people looking to restrict abortion are white males who want to control women's bodies. What? This is the same old crap Ola we hear out of the left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just white men. You mean there are no uh, Indians? There are no black men? There are no Chinese? There are no, there are no white women? There are no uh, Indian women? There are no Chinese women? There are no black women who understand God's word about this and want to restrict that activity because the restriction is not of a person's rights. The restriction is to protect the life of the innocent unborn. She says, oh, I don't call them pro-life. I call them anti-choice because who would disagree with that statement of being pro-life? She's not pro-life. She's not even pro-choice. She says pro-choice. See, pro-life trumps life choice trumps choice. That's why they got to call pro-life people anti-choice because the term pro-life always, always will trump the term pro-choice. But they're not even pro-choice because the one who's dead got no choice. What kind of choice is it when only one person has the right and the person who's impacted by the choice is a person who has no choice at all? Well, I understand why uh, our early response from YouTube, they don't like my program, and it appears that YouTube will not take it at this point because they consider me hate speech. This is what YouTube hates but YouTube is showing this. YouTube is showing kids who support abortion being being co-opted by this by this democrat into it, into supporting a culture of death. But YouTube supports that. But YouTube can't handle truth, and and that's what hate speech by their definition is. My speech. They provide the hate, I provide the speech. It's called truth, YouTube. I know you don't have the guts to air it because you have the, don't have the guts to hand somebody the flashlight to shine under your own stinking dirty refrigerator because you're part and parcel of the problem. And so what do we have? Oh, i got to leave this to next week. I want it. You know what we have? We have a world getting worse. We have a country getting worse. But we have a few people 
standing up like the Joshuas, like the Calebs, like the Phineases. Yeah, people are compromising like crazy in the United States. But I'm seeing stories of people standing up in Iran and Pakistan and Syria. And yeah, they pay a great price for standing up for the truth. God will reward you if you are listening to this program. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. The latest meeting between President Trump and Democratic leaders ended abruptly with both sides blaming each other for the continued shutdown. After only a few minutes, President Trump walked out.